We're in a new series of lessons, Fighting Your Fears. And our theme verse is Psalm 34 and verse 4. Let's read it out loud together. I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. See, God wants us to get out of the car. God wants us to experience fear-free living. Fighting your fears. In our first lesson last Sunday, we were introduced to three fundamental biblical solutions that are foundational to fear-free living. The first is truth. Truth. Jesus Himself said in John 8 and verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so we are in this series, I hope, turning on the light of God's truth in the darkness of Satan's lies. We're showing what God says to be truth in this deceitful world that has taught us something different. The second is love. 1 John 4, verse 18, the Apostle John writes, Love contains no fear. Indeed, fully developed love expels every particle of fear, for fear always contains some of the torture of feeling guilty. This means that the person who lives in fear has not yet had his love perfected. And as we learned last week, we need to, first of all, receive God's love in our own lives, personally. And then we need to dispense God's love to those around us. We must experience the love of God and allow God to channel His love in and through our lives. And when we do that, it will expel the fear. The third, of course, is faith. In Ephesians 3 and verse 12, Paul says we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We can do this through faith in Christ. And so we must trust God. We can trust God. In fact, He has given us so many truths, so many promises in His Word that we can put our faith in Him and in those promises that He has made to us. And so truth, love, and faith. These three Fundamental biblical solutions are foundational to fear-free living. With that foundation in place then, we want to move on now in our series to focus one lesson at a time on a specific fear and on the solutions for that particular fear. And So today's lesson is simply entitled, My Future. The number one fear of all fears. My future. While you're getting out your lesson notes, and while you are turning with me to Jeremiah chapter 29, which is on page 1224 in the Pew Bible, watch this little clip with me real quick. My future. (laughs) The fear of the future is, in fact, the number one fear for most people. I mean, what's behind that door? (laughs) What's around the next 
corner. Nothing causes more worry, anxiety, stress, dread, apprehension, and doubt than our concern for tomorrow. There's hardly a day goes by that we don't have to deal with the future in one way or another. I mean, what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year? What about my children and my grandchildren? Will they be okay? What about my retirement, my pension, savings and investments? Are they secure and are they sufficient? What about our country and all of this political uproar that's going on? Where is that going to lead us? What about the world? Are we headed toward another uh, a nuclear confrontation? What about my health? Am I going to stay healthy and of sound mind? What about... What about... (laughs) Well, you fill in the blank. (laughs) I mean, what is your biggest fear about the future? Fighting your fears, my future. Let's approach today's lesson under two main headings, beginning with facts about my future. There are three basic facts about our future that we simply must understand. Of course, they come from God's Word, the Bible. Number one, God has a perspective on my future. God has a perspective on my future. Hebrews 4 verse 13 reminds us, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him. Simply put, God knows everything about everything. Past, present, and future. He is omniscient. He has no need to learn, nor has He ever learned, nor can He learn. He knows it all and always has and always will. And because He's infinite and eternal, He's not limited by time and space. He alone has a proper perspective on my future, on your future. Years ago, Karen and I had the privilege of going to Pasadena to watch the Rose Parade. We had to arrive the night before and, and actually sleep <laughs> there at the site on the, by the curb to hold our spot because of the thousands of people that show up for this crazy parade. And I can remember as we, we you know, woke up groggily the next morning and, and we're there on the curb you know, fighting for our little space on the curb and, and we're, we're told the parade had started but we were further down the line. We couldn't see. We're looking up Pasadena Avenue. We're waiting for the parade to come. Finally, here comes the first float. And we could see what was happening literally right in front of us, and that's all that we could see. Whatever float, whatever band, whatever you know thing it was that was in the parade, we could only see what was happening right there in front of us in our little space on that curb on Pasadena Avenue. And I made up my mind right then and there, I'm never going to go to a rose parade again. (laughs) I would just as soon watch it on television. Because you know what? The guys up there in the blimp, now they've got the perspective on things because they can see the beginning, they can see the end, and they can see everything and anything that is in between. And they can choose at any moment to focus on whatever they want to focus on during the broadcast of that parade. And I got to thinking to myself, you know what? That's God. Because God can see everything. Past, present, and future. He can see the beginning 
And He can see the end and anything and everything that is in between. All at the same time right now. Many times our fear of the future comes from our limited perspective sitting on the curb of our lives. Solomon summed it up so well in these verses in Ecclesiastes. No one knows what tomorrow will bring. They do not know what the future holds and no one can tell them what will happen. Oh, we try, don't we? (laughs) We would love to predict the future. We spend, in fact, billions of dollars each and every year on psychic counselors and horoscopes and all kinds of things trying to get just one little glimpse of what is ahead. But the fact is, only God knows our future. Only He has the full perspective on our tomorrows. God Himself said in Isaiah 44 and verse 7, I am the first and the last. By the way, just think about that for a minute. I'm the first, nothing is before me. And I am the last, nothing is after me. I am the bookends on everything is what He's saying. The beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. There is no other God. Who else can tell you what's going to happen in the days ahead? And so fact number one is that God has a perspective on my future. Number two, God has a plan for my future. God has a plan for my future. Earlier, I asked you to open your Bible to Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And so now I'd like you to follow along as I read this verse. I'm sure you'll recognize it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now I realize that that's a specific promise to a specific time to the people of Israel, but it illustrates the character of God. Notice three times in there the word plans. Did you notice that? Three times in one verse. All around the words prosper and hope and future. What an awesome thought. The God of the universe, our Creator, has a divine plan for our lives. It is His specific intention for us to prosper. It's His master design for us to live with hope and to have a a blueprint to succeed in the future. That's what He desires. The problem is, sometimes, many times, we miss God's plan for our lives. How many ways, I suppose, through our sin and rebellion, through our apathy and indifference, through ignorance and neglect, through busyness and distraction. And then our lives get messed up and who do we blame? God. It's wrong. It's not His fault. We're the ones who got off of the blueprint. We're the ones who got off the plan. (laughs) And we need to return to that plan. I love the way that David recognized God's plan for his life in Psalm 139 and verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, only God could do that. God could see all of David's life. God could see all of your life and my life. And He's already got it written down. Not that He's orchestrating them to happen, but He knows they're going to happen. He knows exactly what's around the next corner for you and for me. And He has a plan for that. God has a plan for my future. Number three, God is a partner in my future. God is a partner 
in my future. Let's read uh, Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 out loud together. Would you read this with me? God has said, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. That is why we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper and I am not afraid. Amen. Simply put, God is on our side. God is by our side. Every step of the way through life, including our tomorrows. And He never ever fails us or forsakes us. He is dependable and reliable. He is trustworthy. We can count on Him each and every time. And even when we blow it, God doesn't blow us off. <laughs> Look at the promise, 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. If we are faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. He can't be dishonest with His own character is what He's saying there. God is never changing and He cannot be unfaithful. Faithfulness is at the very core of His nature. And so fact number three is that God is a partner in my future. So here are three basic facts about our futures that we simply must understand from the Word of God. First, God has a perspective on my future. Second, God has a plan for my future. And third, God is a partner in my future. Now before we leave this thought, I want to point out something that you might miss. Remember how we learned that there are three basic fundamental solutions that are foundational to fear-free living? Truth and love and faith? Well, here they are. (laughs) Directly applied to the fear of the future. The truth is that God has a perspective on my future. We may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And the truth is, God says so clearly in His Word, I am omniscient. I know everything, past, present, and future. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I've got the full perspective on your life. Then there's love, which is God has a plan for my future. Again, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says that God loves us so much that He has a plan for us, a plan for us to experience His hope, for us to experience a future that will as we walk in His plan, be successful. That will prosper. It's because He loves us. And then faith. Faith is that God is a partner in my future. He is faithful. We can trust Him fully and completely. We can have faith in Him and in His promises that He will be with us, walking with us, ahead of us and behind us and around us as we go forward in our lives. Now all of that brings us to the second main thought today, and that's faith for my future. Knowing God's truth, that God alone has a perspective on my future, understanding His love, that God has a wonderful plan for my future, what I want us to do is focus on the third one. Let's expand a little bit on this solution of faith today, that God is a partner in my future. Future. Psalm 145, verse 13 assures us the Lord is faithful to some of his promises. That's that's not what it says. The Lord is faithful to most of his promises. Is that what it says? No. No. Okay, read it out loud correctly with me. The Lord is faithful to all his promises. Don't miss that word all. Don't miss it. All his promises. Did you know, by the way, that there are over 7,000 promises? In the Bible? The question is, do we have the faith to believe them? 
Do we trust that God will, in fact, be faithful to all His promises? And so we're going to spend the rest of today's lesson looking at each one of these 7,000 promises. <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Actually, I've chosen four of these promises that relate specifically to our fear of the future. If we will exercise our faith in God, if we will trust Him to fulfill just these four promises, we will take a giant step forward overcoming the fear of the future. So let me share them with you. Number one, God is faithful to precede me when I'm confused. God is faithful to precede me when I am confused. When we don't know where to go or what to do, God promises to walk before us and to lead the way. As many of you may know, my life verses, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, I have them stenciled on the wall in my office, those of you that have seen that. So let's read them out loud together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Well, those are a couple of verses to live by. In Matthew 6 and verse 8, Jesus reminded us, your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. That key word there is before. See, God is already anticipating our needs even before we ask Him. He's already clearing a path for us. He's already working ahead of us. He is faithful to precede us when we're Confused. And life is pretty confusing at times, is it not? <laughs> Which direction should I go? What choice is best for me? What if I make the wrong decision? How can I know for sure what I'm supposed to do? And there's only one completely reliable source of guidance, and that's God. He's the only one who has the full perspective. You ever been driving up like Highway 190? And you get behind one of those slow trucks or slow RVs on your way up the hill and you're going, I just wish I could pass this dude. And you kind of wish, man, I wish I had a helicopter up there, you know, who could just kind of talk to me and say, hey, you know, Mark, it's clear. Don't have to worry. There's no cars coming. And you could... Don't tell anybody and cross the line and go around that guy and get on your way and make a little bit of progress. I got to thinking about that and I got to thinking, you know what? God's in the helicopter. He really is. He, he is the one who's up there. As we're navigating the twists and the turns on the road of life, God is there with us. We can seek His advice and He will walk with us. He will walk before us. He will lead the way. Now, I don't have time to spend a whole lot of time on this thought, but I'm out in the lobby today. I put a little worksheet. Um, it's called How to Make the Best Decision. Many times I'll have people come to me and they'll say, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't, know what, I don't know what decision I should make in this case. I've got this option, this option, this. I don't know which one to do. Help me. And I'll go, well, 
Okay, here. <laughs> Give them a little homework, a little worksheet, how to make the best decision. And you just kind of walk through this. It just gets you into the Word of God. It gets you into prayer. gets you seeking the counsel and advice of people around you who love you, who are also walking with the Lord. gets you to do a little pros and cons list. It helps to guide you. That's all it is. It's just a tool to help you to make the best decision for your life and whatever decision you may be facing right now. So pick a copy up. It's back in the lobby on the little small table back there you can have one of those as you're on your way out. But the whole point of what I'm trying to say is that God is faithful to precede me when I'm confused. Number two, God is faithful to provide for me when I'm tempted. God is faithful to provide for me when I'm tempted. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 is another one of those promises we can claim. It's another truth that we can cling to. No temptation has come your way that is too hard for flesh and blood to bear, but God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance. He will see to it that every temptation has a way out so that it will never be impossible for you to bear it. Don't don't miss those words, a way out. I like that. In in a nutshell, when we're tempted, we can trust that God will always, without fail, provide a way out. He will give us an escape route so that we can actually say no to that temptation. Now, why do I mention that in relationship to our fear of the future? Because I run into people all the time who are paralyzed by their fear of their own habits their own addictions, they are trapped in their own secret sins, and they are afraid to move forward because they might fail. In fact, we're going to talk about failure next week. That's a whole other subject in and of itself. But I'm talking today about questions that we ask ourselves like, what if I'm tempted again? (laughs) Well, what if I stumble and I fall? What if I blow it? What if I can't say no? And that's when I counsel them to claim the promise here in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Remember the video at the beginning of today's lesson? It's hard to live your life if you never get out of the car. And yet that's exactly where so many are stuck in their lives. They're afraid to step out. They they forget that God is in fact faithful, that they can trust Him to move forward beyond where they're stuck. Hebrews assures us Jesus can help those who are tempted because He Himself suffered and was tempted. When He lived on earth, He was tempted in every way we are, but He did not sin. Let us then feel very sure that we can come before God's throne. There we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. God will never turn us away. God is faithful to provide for me when I'm I don't have to stay stuck any longer. Number three, God is faithful to preserve me when I'm overwhelmed. God is faithful to preserve me when I'm overwhelmed. And life can be pretty overwhelming at times. In an audience of this size, I can almost guarantee that over the next year, someone here is going to have to deal with cancer or the loss of employment or the death of a loved one or wayward kids and grandkids or separation and divorce or some other tragedy or crisis in life. It's going to happen. 
Don't miss these Bible promises. Psalm 31, verse 7, You, God, have listened to my troubles and have seen the crisis in my soul. You see, there's no surprise to God. Might surprise you, but there's no surprises with God. He knows. Psalm 56, verse 6, You know how troubled I am. You have kept a record of my tears. Boy, isn't that a great verse. God knows every single tear that you have ever cried. Every one of those tears that's gone down your cheek, God has a record of those. Why? Because He cares. And He loves you so very much. God Himself promises this in Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. In fact, let's read these two verses out loud together. Would you read them with me? Don't be afraid. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Isn't that a great promise? doesn't say you're not going to have floods. It doesn't say you're not going to have fires. In fact, it says you're going to go through them, but you won't drown and you won't burn up because God's with you. By the way, as I count them, there are exactly 365 don't be afraid or fear nots in the Bible. I might be wrong, but that's what I counted. Okay, I did it. Research, actually. Not a crazy thing to do, but I did it. 365 of them, one for every day of the year. Hmm. And that's the secret, you see, to dealing with our fears one day at a time. When we're feeling overwhelmed, we need to remember Jesus' words in Matthew 6 and verse 34. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrows too. Live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Say that out loud with me. Live one day at a time. That's the secret. You don't have to live your whole life today. You ever think about that? It only happens one day at a time. And God will give you the strength that you need for this one day, for this one moment, for this next step that you need to take right now. God will give you the strength for that. One day at a time. And so God is faithful to preserve me when I'm overwhelmed. Number four, God is faithful to protect me when I'm offended. God is faithful to protect me when I'm offended. You ever feel like when you read the news like there's just no justice? (laughs) Life isn't fair. How come good people suffer and bad people prosper? I mean, it's not fair. Where's the justice in that? It's especially frustrating when I'm the one (laughs) who's on the short end of it, you know? When I'm the one who's offended. When I'm the one who suffers personally. But because we live in an imperfect world, because of the curse of sin, bad people get away with things and innocent people get hurt. However, we must never forget that God is going to settle the score. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And one day there will be judgment when God sees that justice 
prevails. However, until then, look what our attitude should be according to Romans 12 and verse 9. Never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. The bottom line is that God will in His perfect timing, not ours, make things square. We can depend upon Him to vindicate us. Ultimately, He will avenge any and all injustices that we may suffer in this life. Now, the reason that I mention that in relationship to our fear of the future is because I know too many people who ruin a perfectly good today and tomorrow because they are harboring resentment and bitterness for something that happened yesterday. They are, in fact, obsessed with winning. And in B, so they want to make certain that the person who hurt them loses big time and that they pay for what they have done. And I just want to say to those people, where's your trust in God? Why don't you just let go of that offense and just forgive the person and release it all into God's good and capable hands? Now, of course, the greatest example of that was Jesus Himself. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 23, it says, He did not retaliate when He was insulted. When He suffered, He did not threaten to get even. He left His case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Don't miss those words. He left His case in the hands of God. That's what we need to learn how to do. The only person that I'm hurting when I refuse to let go is myself. Yes. And so God is faithful to protect me when I'm offended. Four promises that relate to our fear of the future. First, God is faithful to precede me when I'm confused. Second, God is faithful to provide for me when I'm tempted. Third, God is faithful to preserve me when I'm overwhelmed. And fourth, God is faithful to protect me when I'm offended. So here's the bottom line for today. Do I have faith for my future? Do I trust God to be faithful? Do I really believe that He will in fact keep His promises? The truth is that only God has a proper perspective on my future and because He loves me, He has a wonderful plan for my future. The question is, do I have confidence that He will actually partner with me in my future? It all comes down to a choice, really. Will I live by fear? Or will I live by faith? And the only one who can answer that question for you is you. Fighting your fears. This morning we've looked at this first fear and that's the fear of the future. It's a big one. Let's close by reading Hebrews 10 and verse 23 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. God always keeps His Word. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this reminder this morning because we need it. There isn't a one of us here that isn't in some way concerned about tomorrow. And we should be in the sense of planning. We should be in the sense of the stewardship of our lives, but we should not have anxiety about what's happening, what's coming around the next corner, what's behind that door of opportunity that keeps knocking. We we should not be fearful, Lord, and paralyzed in our fears. We should not be afraid to get out of the car 
And so I pray, God, that You would speak these truths into our hearts and lives today, that we would hold on to these promises, that we would realize that, that You do partner with us in our futures. Thank You for that. Thank You for being the loving God that You are. We praise You today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.